This episode of Idle Thumbs is brought to you by Squarespace, the fastest, easiest, most professional, user-friendly, customer-supported way to make your very own online website, portfolio, blog, or store. And if you go to squarespace.com, you can get 10% off your first order with the offer code THUMBS. Get your free trial, no credit card required, free trial, and start making your website. And then when you're ready to check out, offer code THUMBS, squarespace.com. THUMBS is short for idle thumbs, which is what this podcast is. What an insightful observation. I saw the first Santa Claus movie, and this is the second one. (laughs) What? I've mentioned this before. I'm almost positive. That's just my favorite kid observing a thing that is in front of them. When I was in a movie theater and the trailer for The Santa Claus 2 showed up, which is the Tim Allen Santa Claus movie. And the the kid right in front of me just like really proudly turned to their mom and said, I saw the first Santa Claus movie and this is the second one. Um, So... I was uh, I was at Disneyland and they have the um, the Santa Claus. No, they have oh. the uh, like Guardian New Guardians of the Galaxy ride. Yeah, and there is a in the like queue area for that ride. There's a bunch of just like stuff as in as though it's like artifacts that have been sort of either in storage or whatever. And one of the things that's in storage is sort of it's like a Disneyland in joke, and it's it's basically the it's like a non-functional animatronic Yeti from the Matterhorn ride, and there was a little girl who was in front of me in line. She was probably like five, and she was pointing up to it and going, I'm so happy right now. And I looked, I like followed her point, and she was pointing at the uh, at the Yeti, and then she went, they have a baboon. <laughs> it, was, it was just <laughs> very good. Like, I'm very happy. They have a baboon. That's what a baboon is, Chris. Apparently, yeah. you are not familiar with baboons. I don't know shit about baboons. You know what I know about? Video games. It's October 5th, 2017. This is Idle Thumbs 312. I'm Chris Remo. I'm Nick Brecken. I'm Jake Rodkid. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back to Idle Thumbs Video Game Podcast. Mm. Mm-hmm. The IGVGP. IGVGP? <laughs> I, what? IGUP? IGVGP. IGVGP. IPVGs. iVideo Games Podcast. <laughs> oh, I was saying I, something else. It was implied. Mm. It was a subtle implication mm. that I watch you urinate. I guess this opening is good. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's talk we've, about We've reached the Yeah. We've reached the P. Yeah. Let's talk about computer games. Let's talk about PC games. All right. I've been playing a PC game. That's what game. the P stands for. Personal. True. Uh I've been playing a lot of Heat Signature, which is Tom Francis's new game, creator of Gunpoint. Nice. It's really, really good. It's a very good game. I've I only think. I've only played a few minutes of it. I've, I mean, he's been he's basically been broadcasting the development of this game yeah. since like almost instantly after Gunpoint came yeah. out. I remember he started he he got excited about some it sort was of sort of a throwaway game when he started making. Yeah, he it, was I excited think. about a about uh, Gunpoint was made in Game Maker, and he was like, "Okay, I'm going to move up to Unity. I'm going to make a 3D game about a grappling hook, and it's very sort of it looked like a Gunpoint sequel almost." Yeah, and then yeah, off on the side, he's like, "And ah, I'm going to make a thing about a spaceship that leaves a heat trail that alerts other ships to you." And then that clearly just took over his life, and yeah. he and that's not even really 
doesn't really have any, very it's much t- to do with the game. It's a tiny piece of point. the game at yeah. this point, yeah. Yeah, this game this game actually ended up being a really a sequel to Gunpoint. Um, the premise of the game is that you pilot a little pod around a galaxy, I guess, or sort of a star system or something. Uh, I'm not sure what the scale of it's actually supposed to be. And this pod can latch itself, can sort of aggressively board other ships without the knowledge of those ships. And then you infiltrate that ship and basically wreak havoc. And you perform missions which have goals such as assassinate a specific character or steal an artifact or hijack the entire ship, which means either killing or incapacitating every person on board so that you have free reign over the ship. Um, And in in doing this, you are playing a top-down game that is very it is in a lot of ways very sort of very similar to gunpoint which was a side perspective 2d game this is a top-down game that almost feels like uh, sort of hotline miami or that style of like intense bursts of top-down violence but with the kind of overlapping systems and uh cascading um like, side effects of gunpoint yeah, you, or you, you, a, a spelunky or something. Yeah, calculated out- outcomes or calculated actions hoping to achieve an outcome that then inevitably goes wrong. Like, I'm yeah. going to try and shoot this guy, then teleport his gun to me, then s- swap places with this character and throw them out, out the airlock. Yep. But three guys you didn't see in another room notice and fuck up your plan or whatever. Right. And then you're the one in space, etc. It's a video game. Yeah. It's a very yeah, it's a very <laughs> video gamey video game, but it is very very good. It's it's interesting to see someone like Tom Francis who is who you know, video game development is definitely a a second career for him. He was a video game journalist for a long time at PC Gamer in the UK, and this is I this is his, essentially his second published game, right? I mean, it yeah. was Gunpoint in this, yeah. Oh, he made um he made that hex-based uh, Imbroglio right. thing, that, Morph Blade. He put right. it out as, that's I think, right. a free yeah, game. That yeah. was He called that almost like a, just a design exercise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. I forgot about that. I actually didn't play much of it, so I, I, I'm sorry. But um, This but is like his second major second, release. Like, commercial, yeah. Major commercial release, yeah. It's, it's very interesting seeing how much of a design sensibility and sort of design trademark he already has. I mean, obviously, his next thing could end up being something totally different, but... Heat Signature sort of started out as something quite different, but has ended up incorporating a lot of what made Gunpoint, I think, successful, uh, both commercially and, I think, just on the design level. Uh, He clearly is very interested in these micro moments of interaction with a lot of different systems that can collide and um, kind of operate in that space, Jake, that you were alluding to of sort of uh, complex planning and unintended consequences, which is also what a game like you know Far Cry Two or something traffics in. But this this these his games do it in two D in this uh, um, much more um, focused like pixel perfect kind of mode. Yeah, this this doubles like uh, Heat Signature doubles down on that in a way that Gunpoint even doesn't because yeah, the biggest the biggest change other than the fact that Gunpoint was side scrolling and had gravity and this is top down and doesn't have and doesn't have gravity in the style in the way that a platformer does uh, that that's obviously a change but the biggest change in how it feels is that this game encourages you to freeze time and you have infinite ability to freeze time for yeah. however long you want so this game is entirely about um, the precision of your intended actions 
like it it's it, it it makes no bones with the with you letting you make the exact precise choice that you want to make trusting that you it's still not going to be executed perfectly it's mm-hmm. not you know gunpoint or something like far cry uh far cry 2 it's very much you know you're you're doing these actions amidst the noise of everything going on like spelunky yeah or spelunky uh but Heath's signature is like you know what you literally can take as long as you want to execute the most perfect version of the move and i still believe as the designer of this game that something is going to go wrong that you're going to have to improv that everything you know just like the number because you know you shoot a gun and it has a, a recharge time that has to exist in real time before you can shoot it again and it trusts that enough shit is going to happen just in the time it takes any of your available verbs to recharge yeah it's 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 really cool like, like yeah. that that ability to be precise. It feels like um, and that to to quickly chain off something you're saying mm-hmm. the recharge everything every uh, item you use in the game whether it's a weapon or anything else like a teleporter or a trap or anything everything has a cooldown and in, some things have very small cool. I mean some things have a cooldown of like 0.3 seconds which sounds like nothing but the game encourages encourages you to operate in in and it's very good it's a cool thing in the game almost this like frame by frame mentality so you fire off you know a shotgun blast and then instantly pause again and go in and you can't just do that again you have to wait you know maybe half a second or an entire second and that's a really long time an entire time. second of game time not of, of game time right exactly yeah which freezes every time, time you pause yeah. and so in that second before your shotgun recharges you might have already teleported somewhere um, like fired off a beam that deactivates a guard's shield, knocked out the guard with a wrench, you know, teleported his gun to you, fired that gun all before your first gun has cooled down, cooled down. And that is like a big part of what this game feels like to play. Yeah, it's, I mean, um, Super Hot obviously has a little bit of this feeling. Super Hot yeah. is the, the first person game where time only moves as fast as you're moving, more or less. Like if you stand still, time moves incredibly slowly. And that game is meant to give you the feeling of being like, a Matrix man or a John Wick or something. A Keanu Reeves, yeah. basically. <laughs> yeah. um, and then uh, Transistor by Supergiant, which was the, yeah. the game they released after Bastion, was also about freezing time and executing moves. Um, those are... I, I, I don't know how to describe Gunpoint in a way that differentiates it from those, but Gunpoint is, is very much more about the precision of your moves and then watching the fallout and reacting to it as opposed to both Transistor and Super Hot feel like you're given an opportunity to plan and to feel cool, but you're still almost just, always just reacting. Double checking. You mean to be referring to Gunpoint and not Heat Signature? No. What, what did I say? Gunpoint. I said Heat Signature. No, I mean, I meant gunpoint. Heat Signature. Okay, I'm okay, sorry. Okay, just double checking. Oh, geez. I confused everything. Yeah. Because uh, I just buried my, my own brain uh, inside of that sentence. <laughs> video game names. Holy crap. In Heat Signature, <laughs> it feels like I, I've, I've felt even in like the hour I've played of Heat Signature, like I'm planning and executing plans, like micro plans, and then reacting to the fallout. Whereas yeah. in Transistor and Superhot both, I feel like I've been imbued with a superpower to help me um, – defend myself against the world attacking me. It, yeah. it's, it, it, it's, it's, a, that's, it's a difference, but I think it's an important one. No, I think that's true, although I will say that the more I play of of Heat Signature, the more I start to feel like a super hot-esque superhero. Okay. Um, I'm at the point now where if I'm... Do, where I'm... At, I, I ha, 
the it, the game grades missions into difficulty levels that start at easy and then medium and hard and then audacious and then mistake and I don't know I I think I'm getting that right I don't know if they if they go higher than that I don't think I've seen them there might be an impossible or something I don't remember but um anyway I've it's I've done a number of hard missions I think I've maybe only done one or two that are harder than hard so I can't um I'm not sure this pro I'm sure this changes and becomes definitely less feasible at the totally ridiculous difficulty levels but I will say having played a, n- a number of hours of this game and feeling fairly fluent with the basics of its systems um I'm now at the point where I will often just like kick a door down and bash into I mean figuratively and you know just charge through a um through the like the ho- corridors of a ship and just be dodging bullets and pausing and like are just using my wrench to basically zip from guy to guy to guy and just bash them out, you know, one by one as I just basically. That's never how I feel Keanu when I play Reeves Super through. Hot or Transistor is what I was saying, I guess. Oh, like, oh, I always, okay, okay. I feel like the world is basically just floodgates of impossible people coming at me and I'm barely defending myself because of the fact that I can pause. Whereas like what you're describing sounds so much more like being an aggressor to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe that's just my play style. Like, well, I, I feel like I play super hot incredibly defensively because I have yeah. no way to survive otherwise. Mm. Often what I do in these games is I will just keep playing that aggressively until I get good enough at it that I can just do it. Um, but but Heat Signature also, I mean, there are also missions I play that just cannot be played like that, you know, where enemies just have shields that are that you cannot, that are invul- invulnerable. Where you have to like get more, have to do more teleportation more or things. body swapping yeah. or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's 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 got a lot of different sort of modes in it, and it's or not literal modes, but a lot of different types of play in it, and it's very good. Uh, there was one story that I actually wrote down because I wanted to not forget the specifics of and communicate on this podcast because it was amazing, and it really um, it sums up the kinds of weird things that can happen in this game that are very good. Hello, Idle Thumbs readers. This is Chris. Speaking to you from several days after the recording of this episode, and I must warn you that if you are familiar, if you are deeply familiar with the mechanics of Heat Signature, you are going to realize that the story you're about to hear has details in it that either don't make sense or that uh, have different implications about the situation that what I implied or that simply demonstrate me to be uh, forgetful. And that is the case. I got some details wrong, even though I tried to record the details soon after I played. I still fudged some stuff. And I also actually just forgot key details in the moment, such as the ability uh, to teleport items directly to you on a ship. So uh, I'm going to leave the story in because I think it communicates how I felt at the time. And I think that is still a very worthwhile endorsement of Heat Signature, an excellent game, but I also have this mea culpa, which is that in the time since I recorded this, I have probably tripled the amount of time I've actually spent in Heat Signature. I have a much deeper understanding of the game now, and my skill level has gone way up, but uh, I definitely fudged this story a little bit unintentionally, and so uh, you don't need to contact me to tell you Uh, all the ways in which the story doesn't quite add up because I already know all of them and I apologize to you but here is that story as I originally told it anyway 
uh, sorry. Enjoy. So I had a mission where I had to capture, which is important, not kill a guy, which means he had to be knocked out. And then either I had to take him back, like carry him back to my pod and escape and then bring him back to the tar- to the destination. Or commandeer or, his ship. Exactly. Or I had to commandeer the, the entire ship, which means wipe out everyone on the ship. And then this person is unconscious and I pilot that ship back to the mm. home base. So either of those works, but he cannot be killed. And I also had to do it without tripping any alarms. And the way alarm, an alarm is set on the ship is an alarm isn't set right when you're seen. An alarm is set when an enemy has seen you for long enough. It seems like it's about a second or so that they are like definitively sure that you are an intruder and then they will. They have like a little sort of Metal Gear exclamation that slowly fills up, fills yeah, up and then pops exactly, when, when, it's, right. when it's time for alarm. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So I went into this mission with only a sword and a key cloner. So I had a short a, a short blade, which is a, a sword that can um, is very, very short range. There are there are melee weapons that have a longer range because you can dash with them. This one's only a couple meters in range. And then a key cloner, which is something you can use to um, basically uh, steal a guard's key without actually having to come into physical contact with them or kill them or anything. It's very useful. You just have to be like within range of the yeah, key cloner? Yeah, you have to be within okay. range, yeah. So anyway, so I didn't have any nonviolent weapons, which was a problem. I The way I tend to take missions of this game is to just not pay any attention to the requirements and then just deal with them when I get there because I... I don't like having to read and the, the I don't I feel like I'm very bad at using the mission structure in this game to actually end up with enough money and stuff to buy anything so I end up just sort of accepting whatever mission and just doing whatever is required. So anyway, I was in the, I realized too late that I was in this mission and I needed to I, I was not it was literally impossible for me to complete at least with the tools I had at the time I began the mission. So anyway, nonetheless, I started going through and, and taking out guys and unlocking doors and doing the stuff. I, was, I got to the point where there were three guys left in one room, like sort of down a long hallway. And one of the guys was the target. One of the guys was just a regular guard with a gun or something. And the last guy had a wrench. So I was like, okay, great. I can kill the wrench guy, take his wrench, and then I'll be in a position where I can knock out the target and whatever, then I'll just kill the other guy and I'm, I'm good. Mm-hmm. Um, so at one point, so because they're at the end of a long hallway, it meant that I couldn't just run in to the, I, I, I didn't feel confident just, um, the way guards work is every they will go on a sort of errand patrol where one of them will leave their spot and go like fiddle with something and then walk back to where they came from. Then a different guard from the same room will go do an errand and come back. But because they're at the end of a long hallway, it meant that I I never had a moment where all three of them were just standing there like ready to for me to sneak up on them and just execute like a crazy whirlwind of death Um, because they would one of them was basically always leaving the room and going to do an errand. And because I didn't have a long range weapon, I didn't want to just like run down a hallway at one of them because I didn't have anything. I, I didn't think I'd be able to get to them before they would do something about it or set off the alarm, which was actually the main problem. Um, so anyway, at one point, the target and the wrench guy were both on an errand and the target was ahead. So when the target passed, I silently killed the wrench guy and then the and um, so now wrench guy was dead target his errand was like right there. So he was already starting to turn around and come back. So I'm like, shit. So I just ran carrying the wrench guy's corpse and I ran all the way back to the room where those guys were stationed, dumped the corpse, killed the other guy immediately. 
And now both of their corpses were like piled in a corner of that original room. And I'm like, fuck, I just totally screwed myself. I'm basically cornered in this room because the other guy is going to the the target is going to come back down this long hallway and I'm not going to be able to get out before he gets there because there's this huge hallway in the way. And because I'm an idiot, I didn't pick up the wrench before I did any of this. So I still don't have oh, <laughs> a nonviolent weapon. So I'm like, what the hell do I do? So I'm like, fuck, okay. I'm just going to make a... And I and I couldn't let the target see me um, because he would set off an alarm and I'd fail the mission. So I'm like, I'm just going to make a break for it. I'm going to run as far as I can in the other direction. Um, I'm just going to try and like make it out of this hallway before the target turns the corner and like goes in that hallway himself and sees me. I did not make it. Uh, and like, as he was about to get to me, I'm like, fuck, what do I do? And I did, I just took the only weapon I had, which was a short sword. And I like sort of threw it and it bounced off a wall and hit me and knocked me out. So I'm there like bleeding out on the ground. And then he comes around the corner, sees me. I'm unconscious. Um, just picks me up drags me all the way to an airlock and throws me out into space. So I'm like, well, fuck, this sucks. So I'm out in space and I figure, well, I might as well at least like pick myself up in my pod. So even if I fail the mission, like, you know, whatever missions fucked, but at least I can like pick myself up and, and this character die. won't die. Yeah. 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 In this game, when you die, you start as a new character, you like pick a new character to start as and then keep playing mm-hmm. in the same kind of persistent universe. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, whatever, at least I can do that. So I pick myself up and I'm like, yeah, you know what? Let's just like, see what happens. Let's go back to the ship and just see what the deal is. So I, I have my pod pick up my, my body floating around in space. Um, you have a certain amount of time before you run out of oxygen in space where your, your little pod can still grab you. And if you don't make it in time, you just suffocate and die. But if you do make it, you can just keep playing. So I piloted back to the ship uh, and I realized the target, like the no alarm had been triggered and the target was had was still like walking through the hallways and had not discovered the corpses. So here's what actually happened. Because the target never personally encountered me as an active threat, he never raised the alarm. And in throwing me out, he had to walk all the way back to the other end of the ship and throw me out of oh, the so he never walked to the end of the hallway. So he never walked to the end of the hallway. He was walking back to the hallway when I got there, but he still wasn't there. So I'm like, oh shit. So I board the ship again and I fucking book it. I grab the wrench like on the way and I'm like just hoofing it down that long hallway that the target is walking down and then literally like three steps away from him getting to the corpse room and turning the corner and seeing his dead friends my wrench slams into his head he's knocked out and my mission was complete it was fucking unreal like all of this was happening in real time as I was like picking my body back up from the vacuum of space and like dashing back to the ship. Like as I was doing that, he was like doo-ba-doo-ba-doo, like walking down the hallway about to discover his dead friends. Uh, and I just made it on there and just legged it and knocked him out. And that was it. It was crazy. I couldn't believe it. Like I've, I've had a bunch of missions that, that I ended up completing after picking myself back up in space but this was by far the most like down to the wire outrageous circumstances where everything like came together in a way that allowed me to salvage it it was amazing that's really good that's cool yeah are you on like a silence challenge this episode what no no <laughs> nick oh, was okay. just enjoying your heat signature I story just, i didn't want to interrupt fair enough you just did a very aggressive head nod I thought you were trying to communicate something without saying. Oh anything. no, no, no. 
Um, He's well, trying to communicate his true opinion on Heath's signature. <laughs> <laughs> he loves it. One nod. Yeah. Out of two. Nick nodded at it. That means that he loves it. <laughs> <laughs> the most withholding of Idle Thumbs' panel of judges. Yeah. If you just get that. Just get that. Just get, get that. that handshake. Get that <laughs> that <laughs> solid pole. nod. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It got the Nick nod. Mm-hmm. Hashtag <laughs> Nick nod. Sorry. Spread um, the word with hashtag Nick Nod. <laughs> Ugh, don't. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Ooh, don't. No, don't subscribe. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Definitely don't. Don't. Please don't like me. <laughs> you won't like it. <laughs> um, <laughs> what, what a torturous existence that would be if someone for some reason decided it would be really funny to make a YouTube series in which they basically just beg you in tears to not subscribe to them <laughs> because they don't want you to, but they feel compelled to keep pushing content up because you're supposed to put content online. Mm. Because... But- just as a person, yeah. Just oh, yeah. oh! But, I thought you were thinking, listening like every like t- every time you episode. Every time you follow me, I get an electric shock. So please don't, don't. That would that would be a that would be an instant failure. Oh yeah, I would be an instant success. Yeah, that's well, the that's the thing. Depends, that's the really thing. depends how you're looking at it. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> God, Ugh. like this person to electrocute them. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. That's a nightmare. Millions. I actually can't think about Millions. that. Millions. That's str- yeah. That, that that is so <laughs> distressing to think about. Because it would work. Yeah. It would be a disaster. Yeah. There yes. would just be a charred human oh, yeah. on the webcam. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. They would be dead instantly. That's a horrifying, horrifying thought. All right. Oh, God. Well, see what happens when you <laughs> you ask me to speak. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> do not like. Don't. Do like. not subscribe. <laughs> Don't listen. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> Anyway, Chris is going to be streaming Heat Signature with a little something extra on the side uh, <laughs> later this week. Internalization, 80%. Do not, do not up the internalization. Do not up the yeah. please. Yeah. <laughs> hey, folks, it's Chris from the future again. Uh, just popping in to say that I actually did end up streaming Heat Signature in totally normal, non-surprising ways. I just played a few hours of Heat Signature. And you can find that on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash idle videos. Nick, you've been playing StarCraft 2. I have. How's your internalization of that game going? Uh, not bad. Not bad. Why? Um, I have to, before you actually talk about that game, I'm actually curious. Yeah. You, I, I, I guess on the last episode, I don't actually remember, you mentioned um, StarCraft 1 Remastered. I did. Why have you... Is there a specific reason that you're pl- playing StarCraft 2 now rather than StarCraft 1 Remastered? Um, like, did I, you even consider going back to StarCraft well, 1? I mean, I'm mainly playing StarCraft 2 because uh, Janelle got into it. Mm-hmm. Um, is this because you guys but, watched some competitive StarCraft 2? I think... I, it's funny. Like, I feel like two years ago, I we were talking about StarCraft or probably on the show or something and she was like oh I, I'm interested I would like to see like that game let's let's play around or something you can just download it for free now and play kind of like you know just a like unexpansioned okay. you know version you play, like, of the spawn copy yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> and um, she didn't really get into it at all then but then for some reason um, in the last couple of weeks she was just like ah, I'd like to give it another try and she has just become this like monster of just like needing to play StarCraft 2 at every possible moment wow. that she is not doing something else productive. Like during lunch, it's like an hour and a half of StarCraft 2. Like when she gets home, she's like, Can we play StarCraft? I'm like, Jesus, like she has completely des- like devoured this game in a way that she's never devoured any other game, to huh. my knowledge. Um, yeah. And so that's, that's basically why. I mean, I, I played a round of StarCraft Remastered and. 
it's a good HD remaster. It's really it's really cool that they did it. Uh, but man, it really points out just how crufty that game is in some respects. Oh, like sure. it's really hard to just control your stupid units. So I was just like, all right, I'll just that that's I'm glad I right. bought that. I no, guess fit over enough. here. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, we've just been like watching and playing a lot of StarCraft. God, it. <laughs> <laughs> I've, so I have two things to say about this because uh, that's obviously an old game. We don't need to talk about it that long. But um, one, uh, going back to this game after having played Dota 2 a lot, mm. man, I am so much better at just doing basic things in StarCraft yeah, than sure. I was before. Because when you play, I mean, my memory of playing StarCraft as a kid was just like, oh, I can make tons of guys and make right. them fight oh, each totally. other. Like, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. just like, yeah. I'm going to make 20 battle build, cruisers yeah, and just 30 like, carriers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that was like the fun of it was just like yeah. doing stupid, you know, yeah. macro shit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you, so your, your micro StarCraft game is... Got, is, is oh, man. I mean, I, I didn't even, in my mind, even just like when we play, were playing, Chris, I was just like, ugh, I don't want to build like the guys that cast spells like that's uh, uh, I don't no, want to yeah, deal know, with that like I've it's played, just like uh. I, I played fucking Protoss and I would just yeah. didn't want to deal with Archons right. you know yeah, and I did like, but I would put them in a big mm-hmm. pool and cast all their shit it right. was a waste obviously yeah uh, man am I really good at that stuff now that's well, crazy that's really comparatively yeah sure uh, I mean it's I mean there are and the other thing is like uh, because Janelle is learning it she's figuring things out that I had never even like bothered to learn like like there are hotkeys that can just instantly snap to your bases and it's like oh that's how the pros oh, I used to use those all the that's time. how the pros do this yeah. stuff oh, sh- she's just finding little like things that are actually just you know because the game is so dense yeah just you know oh that's totally. the 10 percent of the game i never actually was exposed to <laughs> so it's like it's like oh. uh using photoshop and then meeting someone else who mm-hmm. has also used photoshop for a decade and they're yep. they're the way that they express exactly. themselves inside of it mm-hmm. is completely different it's funny to think of that or they just in know, something like starcraft not even the way that they express themselves but get like, their shit oh, done. here's just a little thing that I use constantly that you didn't know existed, and now that you do, you'll use it constantly also. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I just hadn't thought that... I, I. It's obvious, but I hadn't thought that StarCraft would be a game that basically people can have their own unique workflow inside of, but I'm sure oh, that that is the case. It's definitely the definitely. case. Definitely. Yeah. Because, yeah, workflow is, a, is definitely a good comparison because you... Even just the notion of assigning a bunch of control groups mm-hmm. is... Like yeah, yeah, how do you group them? Like do you? I mean, I remember well, I used to have one that was my entire army, and then I'd have a bunch of smaller ones that were like specific yeah. unit types, and then I'm sure there are people. But you who never do, would set up little like actual bata- mixed battalions and well, stuff. Yeah, yeah, and I learned a couple of things just in the last week from her. Like, there's a hotkey that is just select your entire army. That's F2 that I oh, did not I didn't know because <laughs> I would always make the control group. Yeah, me too, but she's yeah. just like, why aren't you hitting F2? And, and I'm like, like well, up, I don't know. I'm stupid. I control group when I make new units and stuff. Yeah. You can hit tab and cycle when you have a when you have your full selection of your army. You can hit tab and it cycles through each unit type. Yeah, I didn't know that. Great, cool. Um, but uh, yeah, I uh, no, I'm I'm. It's funny. I just like and and also you know I had a period where where you and I were playing a lot of StarCraft two and yep. then I stopped playing it and then probably uh, at least a year or two after that I was still kind of occasionally watching competitive StarCraft two. So my knowledge of God, like, that was like how seven that, years ago. That was a long time. It's the same video game. I know. Yeah. That's bizarre. Well, it's not. I mean, they've had no. I know, but I mean, it's but basically. But I mean, it's yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same code um, base. But but just having accumulated sort of just a mental appreciation for like certain 
uh, strategies or whatever, like, man, just knowing so much more about the game and then taking, like, a four-year break and then coming back to it. Yeah. It's like, oh, shit, I know how to do this stuff because I've actually analyzed it in a way that I wouldn't normally if I was just playing through the game and kind of mindlessly doing the same shit I always do. Yeah. Um, I, I played a round. I did my, like, you know, placement matches uh, to figure out, like, what my one-on-one rating is. You know, you have to play five matches, and then it says, okay, you're, like, a gold-rated person or whatever. Yeah. And uh, I was I was doing pretty bad, and then the last mis- er, um, match uh, I was playing, this guy was clearly really good, and, like, he had, like, you know, cool guy handle, like, sick StarCraft player handle, and he okay. was, like, he said GLHF, which means, like, oh, shit, I'm, I'm, this is a guy who plays a lot, and I'm gonna get owned, and it was really hard, and I, I was just, like, sweating bullets and, like, doing all this stuff, and it, by, like, mm, eight minutes in, nine minutes in, I was, like, I think I'm gonna beat this guy, and he started chatting to me, and it was just, it instantly transported me back, like, oh, at no. least... 15 years because he was just saying <laughs> you know, stuff just like text chat messages yeah. oh yeah and he was saying stuff like um he's like i think I, I don't i don't i don't think your counters are very good and i was oh like my god i was like I, i'm i'm i say i was just like okay he was like no i mean they could really use some work and i was, I was like what, what you're i'm beating you right now uh you, your counters aren't very good i beat him and then he takes it to like private messages oh and, my god and he's saying things like you know, uh, so you know, I uh, clearly you're like really good because uh, you you've been playing a lot, and I was like, no, I actually this is my place of matches. I haven't played in like seven years, and he was like, you're lying, and I was I was like, I went to my profile, I... and I was like, uh, clearly based on my profile, I literally have not. You can see your match history, and I was like, look at my match history. I've literally not played in like seven years. He was like, well, uh, you you played against the AI in 2013, so uh, you know, and I was like, what are you? <laughs> Yes, he was just the most frustrated nerd, and I was like, "All right, God. I I love You're this. Back. I'm back into this. It's, yeah, I, I can just <laughs> I I um <laughs> I was feeling sort of I can't remember why I was I was thinking I I sorry real quick okay. I thought he was gonna go down the like oh I see you using the unsophisticated cheese <laughs> responses right. like, yeah. it sounded like the guy was starting to get there and then yeah. just yeah. Got, yeah. got destroyed yeah. and that was the mm-hmm. end anyway sorry uh, I downloaded and played a few rounds of TF2 over the last mm. weekend because I just hadn't played it in a long time and I, oh it's because the concept art uh, a, a former Valve concept artist put in his portfolio a bunch of art he had done f- when they were considering adding female variants of all the TF2 classes uh, and they mm. were fucking awesome yeah. and it like they're, I, yeah. yeah and it made me remember back to how much I used to play TF2 and love it so I was like fine I'll just reinstall it and it had just been so many years since I'd been in a multiplayer game that was primarily text chat based because like yeah, it, it supports voice but no one uses it right and yeah just the way that your brain like goes whoop okay and it like reorients yeah. itself to yep. like I understand how social interactions are supposed to work when I'm playing a game but occasionally taking a break to send a text message to yeah. someone who is who is either destroying me or I'm being destroyed by it's a good mental space to occasionally put your head back in. It's not actually, I, it's fucking uh, horrible, but yeah. you, but it is the, the sad, like you turn into like a little nineties computer nerd meme mm-hmm. of like, I like, this is the Unix system. I know this. I'm like, okay, <laughs> great. So like there's, yeah, it's just you, yeah. me and this stupid text window. Great. Let's do this. Yep. I mean, that does feel so, I mean, honestly, like there is something a lot to be said for that version of communication as opposed to voice chat yeah. where, I mean, 
voice check is can just be so poisonous. I, I mean, it's I, just I can't. Yeah, I really like that about even just like recent Blizzard games, where like uh, um, the card game uh, Hearthstone. Hearthstone. Yeah, I can think of it. Yeah, Hearthstone has six pre-assigned yeah. phrases you can use, and that's it. And I, that's I feel so like good. that's so nice that's and refreshing. So good, yeah, it's it's yeah, voice chat. Is is cool when it's with your friends because it, you're yeah. only when it's with because your you're because yeah. your voice is a piece of like it's a mm. it's an input output that you're not using to play the rest of the game. Right. But in a sort of anonymous multiplayer games, it's so nice that like typing text has a cost. You're actually switching your yeah. verb set from yeah. gameplay to typing. Yeah. Or like in Hearthstone, it's so simple and they limit it, but it's still like you're just using the click interface to send yeah. some yeah. text remarks. You don't get to let that just exist as a channel that is able to sort of like be the gross oily film on top of the big water tank that is the main game. Like right. it actually is in there yep. as a player verb and yep. it has a cost so much better. It is yeah. vastly preferred yep. to, by, by me, yep. uh, an old person. Right. <laughs> yeah, we don't even, and we don't even have to deal with any of the just like the most horrible shit you have to deal with. Like, no. right? I mean, if you're a woman, if you're like someone of, mm-hmm. of any number of like just sort of non just like obvious white male nerd yes it's a, yeah. it's a disaster like, voice voice like, chat is voice chat for a co-op nightmare. with your friends is amazing like playing yeah playing totally p- player known battlegrounds with a few friends which i finally have started doing and having voice chat for that like transcendent experience totally. yeah. except yeah. for the first three seconds of it when you're in the plane with everyone uh, and it's oh. like spatial <laughs> yeah. voice chat is on I, and it's ugh, just like ugh. yeah that almost made me just like alt F4 out of my first game. I know. Yeah. It's, and it's, it's got the same, oh like, because God. there's so many players, it has the same, like, assy the compression that you remember from, like, TeamSpeak yeah. uh, Gold yeah. Source Counter Strike or something. Oh, you're just like, and then you're old kid. I'm like, oh, Jesus, just shut the fuck up. Yeah, and then you have people trying to abuse it by, like, blasting their stereo into their shitty mic. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's amazing that just hasn't changed. And then you, one thing, real quick. Yeah. The nicest experience in Player Unknown's Battlegrounds is when you hear all that stuff and then you press the button to parachute yourself out of the plane yeah. and it's silence. Yeah, yeah no, like, that is. And then you kill and all of those people oh, one by one. <laughs> I wish. God, but just, yeah, the nothingness yeah. but other than the wind and just this huge infinity yeah, of the yeah. island. It's like it the is most really peaceful nice. experience. Just, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's amazing. Like, yeah. I, people say, oh, just mute the game when you're in the plane. I've started not muting the game when I'm in the plane because I just actually so enjoy, enjoy the contrast yeah, of just the, sh- the shitheads yeah. to the just yeah. my solitude I, uh, uh, and then you land and you die. I was on the Steam front page the other day and in the top sellers, there was this game called like Comedy Night or something along those huh, lines. Okay. I clicked on this game and looked at what it was. Oh my god, it's so awful. The concept is you are in a room in a comedy oh, club no. with 20 other people represented as avatars but and one people, by one other human players oh, you other get human to go players, do a set? and oh one by God. one somebody comes up to the mic oh, no. and has to try to be oh, funny no. but of course what this game has devolved into is people saying a bunch of like racist shit oh, playing their God. radio through their microphone like oh, it's just the absolute the people make... worst idea I mean, it's, for a game it that you could that possibly you have to, it sucks yeah. that you have to assume that it's going to be terrible yeah. but how did anyone make this oh, game and God. not know it's made a ton of money of course really but it's awful yeah because it's yeah. just it's you get it's because you, you i mean i could see okay 
you and a handful of your friends who play games online, you could see this being a fun, possible chat room experience. That's like right. the best case experience, but the actual thing is, oh, you're saying I get to pay a little bit of money and then say whatever I want to an audience of people? That's literally <laughs> what oh, that is. God. Uh, interesting. Yeah, yeah I mean, no. That, it's, the, that just means it's going to also continue to like self-reinforce and just mm-hmm. push everyone out who isn't. Yep. Yeah, that'll spiral down into mo- an insane community. Oh my god, that is <laughs> anyway, awful. Yeah. I can't even imagine. What if it's revealed that that is someone's amazing online cultural anthropology like, experience, right. yeah. experiment? They're going to publish this a, is a, a paper, paper yeah. Yeah. six yeah. months from now. Yeah, we made yeah. a game called Comedy Club and put it on Steam. Let's see what happened. Yeah. yeah. It's very bad. Ugh. I did want to say one quick thing about StarCraft 2 oh, before yeah, sure. we oh, wind sure. down. Oh, sorry, what? <laughs> no, 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 no. no I just, Excuse me? Are we to wrap up our StarCraft 2 yeah. segment? Uh, <laughs> Comedy club. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anybody who like hasn't played StarCraft 2 in a while, I think it's probably around November-ish worth going back to because they're releasing a huge update for the game. And I went through sort of like what they're changing, and it's like a massive overhaul of this game in a way that... like. Even just like tiny, tiny changes that make me just think, oh my god, like this would be so much. Like if, if that if that had been the way these units worked in 2010, like fuck. For instance, like the High Templar, right? Like that yeah. is sort of just a casting unit that can't normally attack. So what would happen when you take a, an army is move your whole army, but then of course because they're on a move command with no attack that would stop them from moving, they just kind of wander into the enemy units and get killed at the front of a line if you're not sort of micromanaging all that right. stuff. So they're adding like a very weak like ranged attack to those guys mm. so they will stay in the that. thing. Little changes like that that like I'm surprised that they give a shit 7 years out when this game is sort of on the tail end of its lifespan. Yeah. But it's just that times a thousand. Like there are so they're they're radically they're taking some units completely out of the game. Like yeah. it's a very big overhaul. I bet and that you, really you're exciting. saying it's on the tail of its existence, but they probably know that they have an active enough player base still because Blizzard yeah. knows all of these things. No, that if they yeah. fix this stuff, it will probably have a tangible impact on yes. the trajectory of the game. A lot of people like like know, for instance, you're on a podcast and, right now yeah, telling yeah, everyone yeah, to yeah, but, but I mean, play StarCraft yeah, Two again. Yep. yep. So anyway, uh, I just thought it was worth saying that it's worth it's it's yeah. probably that's in uh, November. Yeah, November ish. I think. That, yeah, I don't yeah. know when they're when they're doing it, but we should get some some of that two v two going again. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. Yeah, I'm not going to do one v one. I'm just not. So <laughs> either we're going to do that, or I'm just not going to play this game, which yeah. is also fine. When you guys played two v two, were you on Teamspeak together, or like on a on a Skype I call or something? I can't remember actually. I don't think, I think it would I think be we were, we were sometimes. Yeah, I think, I think we, we eventually. Did. I think we started doing that because it was just kind of how we hung out. Remotely yeah. each week. Blizzard had, yeah, we did. Because we um, were living in different cities at the time. Blizzard has a nice built in um, Battle.net feature now where you can just open up a chat channel and then click the little voice button and it just acts cool. like a really high quality like Skype call. Oh, um, nice. So you don't have to worry about yeah. like third party stuff. Most it's people probably nice. still just use Discord though, right? At this point? Oh, I don't know. Maybe. Right. Yeah. You use whatever you want. Yeah. Um, man, that reminds me as you're talking about this StarCraft 1 came out almost 20 years ago mm-hmm. that's yeah. bananas yeah that's it's crazy also in a few days it is the ninth anniversary of the Idle Thumbs podcast oh wow yeah October crazy. 10th I just looked this up just now because I was thinking about oh, it. October 10th 2008 October yeah. 10th 2008 Idle Thumbs episode 1 let the games begin <laughs> so <laughs> yeah um, should we take a break yeah cool yeah Hey, Jake. Hey, hey. You know what it is right now? Uh, it is fucking autumn time. It is autumn time. It is autumnal as shit right now. <laughs> and you know what that means? I, I can only imagine that it means that some sort of floral-based oh service my God, it is, is, is bringing us this episode of Out of Thumbs. For autumnal blooms. Holy shit. Yes. If you go to proflowers.com, 
and use the code THUMBS at checkout, you know what you're going to get this autumn, this fall? You are going to get 20% off any bouquet of $29 or more Hmm. to help you ring in the fall season with that just wonderful kind of earth tone spirit that you need. Uh, you got those cinnamon cider roses. Mm-hmm. That is a best-selling treat for fall. <laughs> Just think about it. It's like basically the pumpkin spice of flowers. The cinnamon cider. The cinnamon cider. The woven. It's an autumn treat. It's an autumnal treat. If that's too autumnal for you. You can tone it down for the just like a hundred autumn blooms, the conservative choice, or even the more refined dozen autumn roses. Mm. Yeah, that's keeping it classy. So but if, you know, I mean, if it's if it's if you if you just want to celebrate the autumn season, or if you just sort of live in a house that hasn't really had its color palette adjusted yeah, since the mid seventies, like this is just gonna like accent yes, the shit out of your home. Yes. Or if you are like us and you live in San Francisco and seasons are meaningless random garbage. If you want to, if you want to force that uh, that autumn wave into your exactly, home, exactly. Yes, do it with blooms, autumnal blooms, cinnamon cider roses. <laughs> and if you go to proflowers.com and use that code thumbs at checkout, you will get twenty percent off any of these bouquets of twenty nine dollars or more, guaranteed to stay fresh for seven days. I can attest to that bring that false spirit into your home. You can also send these flowers to a friend, loved one, family member, or any combination thereof. No, but I just that cinnamon spice roses is just like blooms is like I just want it, but you could give it to someone else. Proflowers.com with the offer code thumbs. This episode of Idle Thumbs is brought to you by Harry's. Hmm, Harry's. Yeah, Harry's. Uh, very high quality and affordable shaving equipment sent to your home. And if you go to harrys.com slash thumbs, you can get a free trial set, including a razor handle, five blade cartridge, and shaving gel. That is a $13 value for free. Just cover the shipping. But you get all that stuff. You can start shaving your face or wherever. Oh no! I I used uh, I used Harry's this morning actually to give myself to trim up my beard and give myself a nice little mm. edge there on my neck. And just I uh, clean I up. on my way out of the door. I looked at my Harry's razor and said ah, and then just went and recorded this podcast with a little bit of a neck beard. So, <laughs> but I, I that was a choice that Compare I made. In contrast, it provided me the opportunity to make that choice. You had that opportunity. You too could have that opportunity. Uh, for free by just going to harrys.com slash thumbs. That is H-A-R-R-Y-S. It's like the person Harry's. It's true. H-A-R-R-Y-S dot com slash thumbs. Get your <laughs> razor, your f- blades, uh, your shaving gel. Uh, you get all of the stuff that you need to shave your face. <laughs> it's true. It's harrys.com slash thumbs. I hear a phone ringing in the distance, which I think is Nick trying to get back into the building, so I should go let him in. That's true. This episode of Idle Thumbs is brought to you by Squarespace. As you well know, Squarespace is the fastest, easiest, most user-friendly and uh, customer-supported way to make your very own professional website, portfolio, blog, or online store. And if you go to squarespace.com, you can get a free trial, build your whole website with that free trial, and then when you're ready to check out, use the offer code THUMBS for 10 percent off 
uh, our friends at the indie video game studio, The Molasses Flood, who made the game The Flame and the Flood, they just told us that they made their studio website with Squarespace. And it looks great. TheMolassesFlood.com. You can look out on your phone. Looks great. Look out on your browser. Looks great. It all just works. And you never have to worry about maintaining the server, installing any patches, doing any of that crap. Um, you just make your website look how you want. Drag stuff around, edit your content, and then you check out with that offer code THUMBS and you get 10% off. So do that. Do that. You know, you can get your domain name through there. It's one-stop shop, as they say. Your one-stop shop for online needs. Um. For, for online. Okay, fair enough. Uh, that is squarespace.com with the offer code THUMBS. All right, we're back. Hey. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Oh, uh, also talking about Heat Signature, I want to talk very quickly about a thing, uh, about the Heat Signature trailer. Oh, yeah. Because that trailer is super good. Um, and I'm not just saying that because it's narrated by Idle Thumbs' own Alex Ashby, mm. but it is. Um, the, Tom Francis spent a ton of time as a games journalist before he made video games, and, it's, mm-hmm. and he's spoken, actually, about how that experience informed the way that he thinks people should sell games and present their games to the public. And one, and he, um, his combination of those thoughts plus being a very good writer before he was a game developer uh, seemed to have put him in a place where all of his games are marketed in the most impeccable way and it's always with the, with the end point or the end goal of explaining as concisely and appealingly as possible what actually happens inside of the game. And the Gunpoint trailer is just such a good example of this, where it's just a, a narrator going through one scenario and explaining the possibility space of how something can work out, um, and then it ends, and it's so good and so mm-hmm. clean. Yep. Um, heat signature trailer. But Did I say Gunpoint? <laughs> Holy shit! They're not the same. <laughs> Gunpoint was also marketed very well, but the Heat Signature yeah. trailer is fantastic. I'm yeah. sorry, everyone, yeah. that I don't know what video games are called. Uh, there's a trend, though, in recent weeks of very good trailers with narration in them. That's true, actually. Uh, the yeah. other one is Getting Over It with Bennett Foddy, which yes. is Bennett Foddy uh, who made Quop and uh, Pole Riders and GURP. Um, it's, it's his new game which appears to be a, an HD remake slash homage to the old Flash game Sexy Hiking. Uh, I don't know if you guys played Sexy Hiking. but it's I, No, I'm aware of it, but I never actually played it. It's fucking hard. Uh, getting over it with Bennett Foddy, appear, it, it's uh, another one of his sort of physics hell games. In this game, you play as a sort of muscular man whose lower body seems to be stuck inside of an iron cauldron and you have a big hammer that you can sort of swing around your body. It's a side-scrolling game, and the only way that you can actually climb out of uh, up to the top of this mountain is by sort of hooking the edge of the hammer onto like just sort of greebly edges sticking out of the world and pull yourself up. It looks very good. It looks like a very yeah. extremely and basically impossible. Yeah, it looks like a great distillation of. A lot of like what you like in a Bennett Foddy physics game, or what you hate, or what you hate. His point, yes. And the trailer for it is fantastic. Should it, I play it, or should people just seek it out on their own? Uh oh, that's tough. The trailer, yeah, I don't know. I think I don't think you should spoil it. Okay, it's but it's it's him narrating in lyrical verse why he made this game and why there- it's it's prose, but it has a but it has a poeticism to it. It rhymes. 
It does? It's not yeah, metered, it but it rhymes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. I guess it's it's not metered, but it rhymes. I don't know what, what where that lands in, yeah. in prose versus verse because I'm not smart. But uh, <laughs> it's just a little a little narration about how his games are only for very certain people, and those people uh, who like the sorts of games that he makes, he aims to hurt them. And it's yeah. a very good, it's it is a very great good. trailer. Yeah, it's a different version of what the um, heat signature trailer is doing, but it has a similar feeling of like. Mm-hmm. By telling you concisely uh, what this game is about, yeah, y- you can very easily filter if you're interested or not. And if you are interested, you'll probably be very interested after mm-hmm. watching that trailer. Mm-hmm. It's super good. Yeah, I um, I don't know that I've ever so the ben, getting over it with Bennett Foddy. That is a sort of that's a particular case because that game is so personal. It's a one person yep. game made with that. It, it's a, it is a um, you know the the game only exists for that purpose, which is one of the things that's so great about Bennett Foddy's games. But the uh, Heat Signature trailer, I've I've almost never worked on anything that I think would actually support a trailer like that. Um, I think it would be really... It would be cool to work on a game. I mean, I guess the only... The closest thing for me would be sort of space-based DF9, which I... Um, it was really only involved in the final version of that game, I was really only involved as a composer. Um, but other than that, I, I haven't really ever worked on anything that could support a trailer where you'd straight up say, like, here's the possibility space, and here's what what, it, what your, your options are, and here's what you would do. Um, and watching that trailer definitely, like, makes, gives me sort of envy of, you know, working on that kind of game that would actually stand up to that sort of um, just straight up yep. presentation. Anyway. Rockstar Games does trailers like that, but they do them they as like do, five minute instructional weird. videos. Yeah, yeah. No, it's not. I don't I think find it's it very just, appealing. No, there's a certain audience for whom I think that is very appealing. Because sure. it's it's yeah. doing the same thing of just yeah. a narrator tells you a huge uh, possibility potential inside yeah. of this video game. But it's delivered very flatly and weirdly. It's like infomercial like. Yeah, I find it very strange. I think uh, that it's probably incredibly successful at controlling the talking points and context sure, that yeah. people use when discussing their uh, games. Yeah, though. and that's what they care about. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Um, man, apparently, uh, Red Dead Redemption 2, I guess as it's called, is the most expensive. I'm sure this is one of those like very sort of depends how you define it claims, but apparently that's like one of the most expensive entertainment products ever made. Yeah. I don't remember the number, but it's budget is super high. Over a billion dollars. It looks really pretty and it looks really big. It'll be good. Yeah. Um, that's bonkers. Anyway, Jake, you played Thimbleweed Park. I did. The most expensive <laughs> entertainment product ever made. It's the most. Until Red Dead Redemption 2 comes out. Yeah. Uh, Thimbleweed Park is definitely a game for which you could not cut a Tom Francis style trailer. Yeah. Uh, it's. Uh, we've talked. I don't know how much we've talked about Thimbleweed Park, but Thimbleweed Park is by. It's it's a pixel art v- retro style graphic adventure by Ron Gilbert, Gary Winnick, and David Fox, who are the. Three sort of early creative directors slash project leads at LucasArts. They made or led things like Maniac Mansion and the original uh, The Secret of Monkey Island, Zack McCracken and the Alien Mindbenders, and uh, Indiana Jones and The Last Crusade, the adventure game. Like, it's sort of that crew before uh, Tim Schafer and Dave Grossman shut up and did Dave the Tentacle and Full Throttle Mm -hmm. and the sort of later stuff. Well, the overlap was Monkey Island. The overlap was Monkey Island, on which Ron Gilbert was a project lead and the other guys were co-writers, designers with him. But... um, Thimbleweed Park 
is they, they did it on Kickstarter and it was, you know, one of those. The like, ah, people you love from the early 90s, late 80s are going to bring their game back to you in the style that you remember as a kid and it's crowdfunded and whatever. Um, I It was honestly, for me as a, as a longtime fan of those games, it was one of those things where I sort of like... Oh, I'm proud of you guys for going and doing another one of these games. I hope I I, I wish you well as as a fan. Yeah. I'm like I'm I'm glad to see these guys doing one of those again. Um, but it's it's caught me in a way that I didn't expect. Like I I I've backed a number of Kickstarter sort of vintage things, and this one really captures that feeling of those old games for me in a way that there's a certain feeling in a lot of the old LucasArts games, especially where you feel like the world is actually alive and you feel like you have, like you feel like you're inside of that world, even though it's very far removed and, you know, it has puzzles and it has dialogue trees, but that just sort of overarching sort of entrenched tone or mood, the, you, uh, where you, it feels like stepping into that game and deciding to play it almost feels like picking a book up that you're halfway through and reading it. And, you know, how, God, how do I describe no, I know, this? I know, I know you what know, you're talking the, about. Yeah, I like adventure games over time either sort of they sort of diverged and drilled down into a couple different things one of which was like the puzzles and we're going to make the puzzles extremely uh, increasingly obtuse and it's going to get more and more about mind benders and then the other side is sort of the telltale side of the let's get increasingly cinematic and we'll sort of maybe give that feeling of, of atmosphere but it's going to be in a way a lot more close to experiencing a film yep, uh, or, a t- or a TV show uh, but like when I think about my memories of playing through Monkey Island 1 and 2, especially the thing that I remember is like because there's so much text and because it's like at such a measured pace and because it spends so much time just sort of steeped in almost silence or like just ambience, it really did, did feel to me more like the like and because the art is so low resolution probably honestly is a, is a, is a con- contributor to this. It feels like such a personal space to be in and yeah. it feels like a, so much of of like the game just does such a good job of putting into your brain what else could exist out in the world and you get the feeling that there is this living world that your story goes through and it yeah. really does feel the way that like especially sort of good genre fiction I think works inside of your brain where it feels like by opening the book and reading it and sort of going through the story a world or a sense of place way bigger than what is actually literally described on the page exists there. It's such a hard feeling to articulate, but Thimbleweed Park captures that for me. Like you eventually control a bunch of characters. So you're playing as five different characters, all who have different motives uh, and different backstories that no one has any different abilities. It still has the sort of maniac mansion, old timey adventure game thing where any character can hand any item to anyone else. What it really ends up feeling like in a way that I, again, wasn't expecting and haven't really experienced in a game like this is like I'm reading a story that is cutting between the perspectives of five different characters, but I'm in control of it. Like, ah, it's, it's good God. I'm having trouble explaining (laughs) why this game, why this game is so captivating to me. Um, like it still is an old ass adventure game. It has goofy cartoon characters. It has puzzles that are sometimes annoying. You get stuck in it, whatever else, but just, the feeling of being inside of this town and the sort of outlying county and the feeling of these five characters sort of wandering through it on this one night after everything has gone wrong and sort of each trying to figure out what the heck's happening and the feeling of 
just I've, I'm six hours into this game and I have no idea where the story is going to go next. I have no idea how far into it I am right. relative to the beginning of it. It's metered out all of those characters and sort of the, the world has expanded as I've been playing. But at the same time, I sort of you feel the pull of whatever the inevitable conflict is, but not because the game has got a heel to my back, not because the characters are all talking about some inevitability. It's just like it really is a thing that I feel like Ron Gilbert was really good at on the early Monkey Island games. And I have not experienced in a long time in an adventure game or in any narrative game like this. Like that's cool. I have been meaning to play this game ever since it came out and I don't, there's no specific reason I haven't. I think I've just sort of constantly been thinking, Oh, this game's probably going to take a long time. So I need to like play it when I have a lot of time, but I should just start playing it because I'm never going to have a lot of time. Um, you guys want to do some questions? Yeah, sure. Robin, uh, writes, please talk about the Jurassic Park tycoon game. It's me, the online equivalent of the person who emails, then IMs, then comes over to your desk and is generally the worst, but I really need you guys to discuss this. I tweeted at Chris and Idle Thumbs, and I require Nick's response to this in my life. Is Nick consulting on this game? He should, if not. Thanks, Robin slash twist. Sorry, let's get something out of the way right off the bat here. Robin refers to it as the Jurassic Park tycoon game. It is the Jurassic World, World. tycoon game. So, <laughs> yeah, like, let's just very Im- important immediately drop, drop very uh, important some expectations a little yeah. bit. Yeah, I, yeah. What if that had said Jurassic Park Park Builder and it was 100% the aesthetic of, like, Fuck. early 90s Jurassic God, Park? <laughs> then what would you do with yourself? I don't you, know. You just you would I mean, already guess, be waiting outside of the just, Best Buy. Yeah, I guess I'm hoping for a mod that will just do that. Um, it's gonna. Oh, cool. There's gonna be a season pass DLC that is the flashback one. That's the God. original original. Park. I mean, it's made. It's made by the Planet Coaster people, and so you that know it really, will be well made. That is really made. cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, and customizable, presumably. Yeah. You know. So that's the point. There's literally that. Point, that part otherwise. is exciting to me. Um, but the I, aesthetic of Jurassic World is so yeah, dumpy compared the, to Jurassic. Just Park. seeing those stupid little sphere vehicles running around, I was just like, oh god damn it! Also, even just like this is being a real asshole. But the thing that stuck out the most to me in that trailer, and it's it, I am just Kit Kat, huge Kit Kat guy right now. But like, fuck, the T Rex catches up to this enormous like twenty ton dinosaur, grabs it by the neck, and then just like body slams it. Like that is like Jurassic World physics, whereas Jurassic Park physics are right. very different yeah. and respectful of like actual like paleontology weight and, and weight. Yeah. And I, that is the thing that I'm most skeptical of. But I yeah, I'm excited regardless. It's, yeah. I like the developers. So yeah, yeah. What yeah. that that it's it, it, yeah. It has been such a bittersweet thing mm-hmm. to sort of wrap yeah. my head around of like wow Same. planet coaster uh, crew making a jurassic park universe theme park builder mm-hmm. but it's jurassic world <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, just yeah. like what 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 oh okay 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 mm-hmm. okay just, yeah I mean, ironically, like if this game had been made before Jurassic World was a film, it would still be called Jurassic World. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's this right. weird thing where it just feels like oh, because that's just, just what you'd call it. Yeah, yeah, and it's just like oh, if you just like you've got to hope that that there's enough like out. fanboy yeah. crap going on inside of the team that mm-hmm. basically at Frontier Jurassic Park in its entirety will exist as a subset of the right. buildings and yeah, structures sure. and dinosaurs I, that yeah, you're yeah. allowed you to put that, in. Like, that's hopefully the version it's just of it like, I could imagine. You want, well, like, okay, I want to be able to put yeah. the little Rolly sphere thing, fine, that could be in the game, but I also want to put the Range yeah. Rover with the yes. glass top and the CD-ROM hopefully, in it. Hopefully it functions the same way that a, a roller coaster tycoon game does, like Planet Coaster, where you have to research all of those, like, Oh my god, if things. it starts... And then you oh just man, don't... It, starts you, it just Jurassic starts Park with the original That would be an amazing campaign, actually, if it starts with you just get your research... Actually, it would start with Jurassic Park 2 era 
uh, garbage because you got to like grow the dinosaurs. That's what I'm saying. Just, yeah, yeah, if, yeah, if you start with all you get yeah. is a jungle island mm-hmm. and a research facility, yes. Then you're and BD Wong. Then you're yeah. yeah. Then you, all you get is one VD Wong unit. Yeah. Uh, and That's, like the little robot arm that turns the eggs, and you research dinosaurs until they are yeah. in pens. Then it's like okay, funding has approved the construction of the tour. Yes, and then you can place the roads. Yeah, yeah. and then you slowly build up to Jurassic World. Yeah, uh, or just stop. Or stop. That's stop. the that's the thing. Uh, maybe maybe that would be amazing. You know. yeah. God, the most amazing thing would be if that campaign uh, was structured so that Chaos Theory was definitely in effect, <laughs> and at a certain point it is functionally unsustainable, crashes into the ground, and mm-hmm. then you have to wait twenty years for nostalgia to build up for you to get approved <laughs> funding for your second park. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. That that, that I, would, I would I would like that version very much. I mean, I think it's safe to say we're all going to try this game. Oh yeah. Certainly. Uh, no actually, I went back to Planet, uh, back to Planet Coaster in the last couple of oh, weeks cool. because they they just released a, a Halloween pack or oh, whatever nice. with like sort of dark rides and yeah. yeah oh cool. Okay. Yeah. Let's check that out. Mm-hmm. Um, Michael Sawin writes: Thinking about a game as a collection of systems is the game res- is it the game's responsibility to make the player engage with the systems in interesting and meaningful ways? Or should the player take it upon themselves to interact with these systems? The game Heat Signature is a good example of this, as it offers a lot of interesting ways to complete a level, but at least in the first few hours I played, it has not challenged me to use anything but the most basic tools, so I'm not finding the game interesting. Is that the game's fault or my failing? This is a really difficult question, I think. I very much remember playing the original Bioshock, which is a game I... I mean, I loved Bioshock from the first moment of it. I mean, the first moment of it is fucking amazing that intro is incredible um but i think i spent the first entire half of the game basically just using like my shotgun and like the supercharged wrench oh that's what i did i had, yeah, I had a sick I, wrench a, and i know a that's shotgun. a really common thing yeah. i think what i think i was i just did like you, you lightning the shotgun plus lightning yeah. yeah and uh about halfway through i started oh, I just, right, you lightning i just lightning decided yeah. yeah i just decided like oh, I should be using more of this other stuff. So I just started doing a lot more of the things the game offers and it got way more fun. I mean, I had been enjoying myself thanks to just the the atmosphere and everything going on in the game. Um, But then the actual game part got fun as well. And, you know, the game didn't really assert the need for those things early on. So I just didn't do them. And... Heat Signature, I think, is a good example here because especially on the easier missions, you definitely don't need to use... Yeah, the techniques you learn in the tutorial can apply for a very long time if you let them of just run up, like, melee dash someone, steal their gun, shoot the other guy. Yeah. You can just... That cycle can continue for a long time, it seems like. And because the game... Because the mission structure lets you just keep picking easy or medium missions if you want to, I mean, conceivably, you could just do that forever. It might take you longer because you're earning you know, fewer rewards for doing the easier missions, but like wouldn't require it. I, I do think it is kind of incumbent on the game. It, it, well, here it depends. If the enjoyment of the game is con- contingent on you taking advantage of those systems to inject variety and like complexity and fun, then I think it is, the onus is on the game to do that, right? I mean, there are, whereas there are other games, like when I think about, you know, we were just talking about the Jurassic World game or like Planet Coaster or something. In a game like that, sometimes I want to just have a relaxing experience and not have to like interact with every system because I don't care about the like guests are unhappy in your thing. Like I don't, I just literally only care about the builder part, you mm-hmm. know, for instance. And so I don't want the game to like 
require that of me or an anno in an anno game like a sort of historical city builder game like i don't ever want to have to deal with combat it's just not i don't enjoy it i don't like it like i don't i don't like when the campaign says like oh and here's some pirates and you're gonna have to learn how to deal with that like i don't want to touch those systems what um so it really depends on the game what do you think about something like breath of the wild which i feel like they've made everything that they possibly could in that game degrade or have a limited use probably in part to require that players interface with more things like you end up with magic weapons Mm -hmm. or you end Mm -hmm. up with you know things that have strange side effects or that are very slow to attack or that you can't uh, hold with a shield and you can't find a perfect build in that game because it will degrade over time but I I, the one of like the complaint about that game that I see is I that you can't yeah that the, the, it degrades too quickly, or that you know mm-hmm. that that game con- like there's yeah. no you never feel comfortable uh, because you can't settle into a rhythm of what you like, and I don't yeah. know if there's a way to what what is the balance there if there or you I, know I mean there isn't a hard line right I mean I think I think it's a personally I think it's a good choice in Breath of the Wild because I think the way that that game works is that it all takes place in one world. Everything that you like, everything is connected to everything else. Like the whole, you're getting through a campaign, but that whole campaign exists in a continuous, um, like exploration of this one place, and all the missions are all part of it. Um, like, does he signature ever have any explicit "you can't kill anyone on this mission" missions? Like, all you're going to be doing yeah. is knocking people out and teleporting. I think so. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, I don't know. I, I'm not. I'm actually not sure about that. Their start. I'm not deep. I'm not. I haven't completed the game. I said heat signature, right? Not gunpoint. You did. Okay, <laughs> you did. okay good job. Uh, there get there are increasing modifiers that are added to missions with different stipulations like that. And I, if those exist, I probably just deliberately haven't done them yet because those tend to be marked as like very difficult yeah. missions. But there are things like that. There are definitely things like that in heat signature, and I think stuff like that is really cool. Like I like. I used to not do missions. I used to steer clear of missions where, you know, guards and bosses had the sort of invulnerability shield. And now I don't steer clear of them because I feel more confident and I like the game pushing me to use more of its systems. Yeah, I'm sure the missions, the more you get into missions like that, the more you have to mix it up because you can't just bash everyone to death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I think it, it really depends what the game is about to begin with. I... This is totally subjective, and obviously, like, the designer of the Anno games or Planet Coasters would disagree with me about this, but, like, I don't think Anno is about combat, personally. Like, I just, as someone who's played many, 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 many hours of those games, like, I don't think it's good at it, and I don't think it's what the game feels like it's about. So, to me, the assertion of those systems feels extraneous, right? But that's just my opinion. Like, I'm sure there are other players of those games who would disagree, and the designers may also disagree. So, I don't know. It's like you can't make the perfect call on that, yep. right? Yeah. Um, you have any opinion about that, Nick? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, on that, that's our episode of Idle Thumbs. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next month with another one of these. Um, if you enjoyed this podcast, tell a friend. Consider rating us uh, or reviewing us on iTunes. And uh, that word of mouth Telling a friend, that really does a lot. Spreading it on social media, doing whatever, it is the best, absolute best way we have to find an audience for this show. Our website is idlethumbspodcast.com, and there you can find links to uh, all the different sort of where to subscribe to the show, links to what we talked about, all of that, uh, everything else you need. You can send us questions 
to questions at idlethumbs.net. We will do our best to answer them. Uh, for Idle Thumbs, I'm Chris Remo. I'm Nick Brecken. I'm Jake Rodkin. Bye. Goodbye. 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 Ugh. A million degrees. Yeah.